Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Don't Overthink It podcast. And the reason why you hear the song, I do not own the rights to this music, first of all. Don't come at me. But there's a specific reason Bronx keeps creating it is in the background. And uh, I'm interviewing one of my best friends uh, since I've been in Harrisburg. I've known this guy about 20 something years. Everybody around here knows him. He's pretty much like, you know, New York cats, they probably don't understand this, but for most people that live non, like that don't live in New York, there's always the New York guy in the neighborhood or something who's like the fly dude or whatever. And uh, that's that's my guy, Dula. He's been my best friend. When I started getting into the music and making beats and stuff, me and him just started hanging around casually. I think it was mainly d- due to uh, Jay Miranda. So, shouts out to Jay. Um, so, around the same time, I started hanging around with him and Marcus. And he was like the impromptu manager of Marcus because Marcus was the MC, And then I was making beats. So, you know, he's been around me and Marcus actually and the whole um, putting together Marcus's first project. Marcus is Mr. Blackston for those who don't know. I don't know if he goes by Lumberjack Blackston nowadays. I don't know. But either way, um, this episode is about him. So I call it the Ak episode because he's, you know, he's an Aki. So he has one of the craziest stories. He grew up in the Bronx, hence why that beat was playing in the beginning. Um, very interesting dude. Very interesting story from growing up in the Bronx to uh, infamous street nigga teaching him how to drive a car for the first time to going on tour with Onyx, dyeing his hair red and going on tour with Onyx, which was weird. Like he used to just in in time of getting to know him more and more, he just came, kept coming up with these weirder stories. And at first I thought like, you full of shit. And then he would show and prove and I'd be like, yo, it's just amazing, amazing stories from his all of his industry peoples that he knows and everything is this one's going to be a crazy one. So let me try to get him right now. But yeah, he loves that Fat Joe song, too. He has an interesting story about that as well. So let me try to call him. Hopefully he's on it. Let's see. You're here. What up? What's the deal? Nothing. Nothing. Everything. You sounding? You um. You hear everything good? Everything good? Yeah. All right. Cool. 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 Your vocals is coming in good too. That's what's up. Yeah. So I started with a little intro. I played the uh, the Fat Joe song. Bronx keeps creating it. Oh, uh, well, let me let me put my headphones on. All right. All right. Give me two seconds. Yeah. There we go. Um. Yeah. So basically, I wanted to shit pick your brain about upbringing, but. I was telling, I was saying at the beginning before I called you, I was saying like how me and you met. We kind of met in like 2000, maybe 2002 through uh, Jay, through me, Jay Miranda, right? That was when we initially met. No, we met when through, they were doing their. We met through Todd. Yeah, but Todd was in on on all that with the whole Empire Dynasty thing with Jay Miranda and all. Oh that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's where we first met, and then I kind of like led into like how kind of. You were in like the impromptu manager of, of Blackston for a little bit. Yeah. And then we all, I don't know how the hell, but me, we all started hanging out. Or maybe because I made beats, you was all like, oh, well, I could school you on that. And da, 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 da. And we just kept going from there, I guess. And as I asked, that's, that's what did happen. You said you was making beats. And I started, uh, I started telling you about Phil and samples and shit like that. And then you came over. That's when I stayed with Black for like a week. And you came over to pick me up that day. And that's how we all kind of introduced ourselves. Yup, uh, that's what you yep. had the white car. You know, you know, I don't forget shit, nigga. I know, I know exactly why this is gonna be an interesting, an interesting call. Um, that's what it was too. Yeah, the strat days of the white stratus. That yep. that was the days. <laughs> yeah, but I want to talk about. I wanted to start in in the beginning though. So you was you you from the Bronx? Go ahead and name your sections because that's what New York niggas do. Go ahead. Uh, well. I'm from the Bronx, as everybody know. I grew up in Highbridge, probably one of the most infamous places in the Bronx. In my younger life, and then in my teenage and adult life, 
I moved further uptown to Fordham Road every year. I was on 183rd, which is still infamous, and um, on Cedric Ave. So I've pretty much been in the Bronx my whole entire life until I joined the Marine Corps. And other than that, I've been in New York. And then after I joined the Marine Corps, when I got out of the Marine Corps, went back to New York for a little while, then ended up coming here because my mom's moved here back in like 92 or something, 92 or 93. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And the craziest story, the main the one of the ones I wanted you to tell me is who taught you how to drive a car? Oh, that when you told me that, I was like, this nigga is full of shit. I was like, get the fuck out of here. But go ahead, go ahead. Well, you gotta I, tell this story. I grew up, like I said, well, I grew up in Highbridge. Highbridge is a collective of a lot of famous people. Highbridge yeah, is uh, right now probably the young whippersnappers. All they probably know is a boogie from Highbridge. That's probably the only one they know. Which is, I lived about one block away from a boogie. That's what I said. I probably know his parents. Um, yeah, I grew up on Summit Avenue, Ogden Avenue, Woody Crest, Anderson. And probably one of the most infamous people, well, he wasn't infamous to us, but one of my closest friends and friends was, uh, you know, rest in peace, may Allah be pleased with him, was uh, Larry Davis. And me and Larry, man, all of us grew up together. Larry, Skip, we all used to hang out with uh, Paradise, who was like our mentor. Uh, many of you might know him as the Grand Architect Paradise from the X-Clan. And almost anything wow. I know about hip-hop came through him. Uh, we used to be record See, I didn't boys. Even know that. Yeah, we used to be record boys for the Herculoids. We used to carry records for JC, and this is when Cool Herc had the Herculoids. It was JC, him, Coco La Rock, Eddie Ed, Zach, Zach, and all those cats. Cause uh, Cool Herc lived all further up on Sedwick. He lived up more towards like 170th way on Sedwick, but we was all close. JC was closer to our side. So I've been doing hip hop literally since like '76. I'm like, I call, I was telling Johnny a long time ago, I was going to write a book called Before Sugar Hill. That's why when they be yeah. telling these stories, I'm like, always oh, tell Johnny, man, they full of shit. Like one of the big, <laughs> one of the biggest fabrications, and if, if somebody out here could tell me that I'm wrong, please tell me that I'm wrong. One of the biggest fabrications was the Zulu. Everybody talking Zulu Nation, peace, love, man, them niggas will rob your ass in a minute. That's how Bam got all that fucking <laughs> equipment. Everybody was scared of them niggas. It would be Mike River, Trouble. Them niggas say, hey, come Zulu. Niggas start tucking their shit in. Imagine a bunch of Debo's back in the 70s. And that's why Zulu basically had the Bronx on lock. It was Zulu, Nation on one side, Casanova's on the other. That's where Flash and his crew. But all the niggas was a notorious stick-up kid. This was in the early so, phases of hip-hop. This is before Blood Crip on the East Coast and all that. It yeah. was watch out for the Zulu. Yeah, Zulu Nation. You know, every yeah, time you hear before, Zulu Nation. Before Low Lives, before Low Lives and all, Decepticons and all that, it yeah. was watch out for Zulu. Zulu Nation, yeah. And then, you know, say, I mean, it, it definitely, a uh, humble lot, it, it, it flourished. And I, I just laughed because I don't know when Bam explain, you know, explains it. He does a good job of explaining it. He's not lying. So, like, so again, if anybody's a member of the Almighty Zulu Nation, I'm not trying to, you know, because I was a little member of Zulu too. But I'm saying in the earlier days, it wasn't all about the peace and love and hip hop, it was about the music. But the way, he, that's why Bam, if anybody knows Bam Bada, he was called the king of records. Uh, and to this day, I don't know if too much people got more records than Bam. Bam had a lot of fucking records. Me being an avid record collector and being in the record business, Bam had a lot of shit. Between him and Cool Herc, I don't know who got the most, but they got a lot. And a lot of original joints that everybody yeah. samples. That's why I could pretty much name every, almost every breakbeat known to man. I might not know the original name, because even back then, you hired the labels. Like, they'll scratch off the yeah. labels. Hence the term white label. A lot of those so guys are, yeah, came from? yeah, a lot of those guys are scratched to pull the fucking labels off, and you're like, "Oh shit, shit with the white label, yeah, give me that record." Got you, got you. Oh shit, that, they go another little fun fact for your ass. Shit, I, I didn't even know that. No, so, yeah. yeah, so coming up, it's a, needless to say, pretty rough. But you got to get to the Larry David part. Oh Larry yeah, Larry yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I kept yeah. saying, yeah, I'm sorry, not Larry David from Curb. Larry Davis. Yeah, and uh, you know, for anybody that you know knows infamous, you know Larry. Well, he, again, he's not infamous to me. Um, Larry, we, it was me, Larry Davis, uh, even uh, at one time Kevin Childs, Kevin Childs, and his brother Tony Childs used to DJ in our neighborhood too. They used to go by Tevin Rome at the time. Kevin Childs, another dude, very famous in that type of world. Him, Mark Riley, and all those guys. So the funny part is, when I grew up with these guys, it was about sports, riding motorcycles, and hip hop. Not to the brightest day of my life, I ever thought that these guys would be infamous as they were now. 
Like Kevin Childs is known for being like one of the largest drug dealers in New York State history. Mark Riley, yeah. known for you know, I know him from when he used to play. Bat. I remember when Mark first came here. We was in the, the, the fifth grade together. He came straight from Jamaica. Come to find out, he's That's one of like crazy. the biggest killers in the Bronx later on in life. You know? Yeah, Kevin Childs. He was just recently they hey, just exactly right Kevin, now. They doing little interviews with him on Vlad. Yeah, Kevin Childs. I'm, I'm telling you, it's crazy when and when you be like, yo, I you know. When you're little, you just know these dudes that you play basketball with and football with and down the block. And like I said at the time, Paradise kept us all together. Even Paradise, I'm probably one of the few people still call him by his original nickname. I call him Tugboat. We used to call him Tugboat when we was little. So, now uh, who was, so who was Paradise? He was like y'all OG at the time? Yeah, Paradise was about four or five years older than us, but he always kept us in line. That's why people were like, oh, you don't drink, you don't smoke? That's why, because Paradise never drunk or smoke. He used to like forbid that for us. But he used to be hard on teaching us DJing. Like he taught me my time and like I said, I've been DJing for years, like years, years. You know what I'm saying? So he taught me my timing. I used to step on the crate and stuff to DJ when it was my turn. Um, he just taught me the timing and, and stuff like that. Um, Paradise went on to become very famous. I don't know if you ever heard of the, the World International Latin Quarters, but he was the primary promoter and manager for the Latin Quarters Club. And that's another reason why I know a lot of people that I know because I knew Paradise. And one thing Paradise always did was introduce me to people. He always said, one thing you want, what you always want to have in life is connection. You might not know when you need them, but it's always good to have them. And I like that. that from you. Yeah, and that's where my networking skills come in. I used to tell Johnny all the time, I ain't good at a lot. I ain't not good at nothing, for real. But I'm good at talking to people. That's what yes, I'm pretty much are. good at. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I'll fucking, me. I'll sell water to a fish. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's and what you taught it's, me. It's all about, I was kind of shy. Yeah. So it's all about charisma and respect, man. And I think that's another thing. I respect everybody, regardless of your religion, your age, your creed, your sexual orientation. Either I dig you or I don't. It's very rare when you hear me say I don't like somebody. Because I'm always going to find a nice thing about you. And I'm going to work with that. But to make a long story short, so when we were little, Larry used to ride these dirt bikes and stuff. So he taught me how to ride a dirt bike. And then later on in life, his uncle let him hold a car one time. And we all went joyriding. And he's like, yo, I'm going to show you how, he said, you know how to drive? I said, nah, he said, all right, get behind the wheel. And we drove down Nelson Avenue. And that was my first time driving a car. I think I was like 12 at the time. And it was well, what year would you say that was? Oh, man, I'm old. I'm in my 50s. It was, what, 79, uh, 80. You're 10 years older than me, so. Yeah, yeah you're 52, I'm 42. Yeah, yeah so. Our like, birthdays are two weeks apart. Yes, yeah, it was somewhere around 79, 80, somewhere around there. Yeah. And then um, yeah. it was crazy, though, right before Larry got into this whole infamous shootout, I already moved. I moved. Uh, I left the, I left that part of the Bronx when I was like 13. I went back. I moved uptown. So I moved uptown up towards 183rd, Fulton Road. Guess who lives up the block from fucking me on University? The world famous Slick Rick. Crazy. Would have never thought about this shit in a million years. His, his cousin, me and his cousin went to high school together, uh, Trevor. The same dude that he mentions in the record just about then. My man Trevor came in. That's what he's yeah. talking about. So me and Trevor... It's cool. And he always used to say, yo, you know, my, my cousin's making this record. My cousin's making this record. My cousin's making this record. Because we always used to look at this nigga and be like, yo, why this nigga got on a suit? The nigga was always fly. And this is back like 83, 84. So this nigga just always fly. It's like this nigga, nigga had the big truck jewelry on then. And man, the fucking show came out. And that was it. You couldn't tell, you couldn't tell nobody nothing. The niggas, because that's when we used to call him Ricky D. Everybody else knew him was Slick Rick. But yo, and I'm not saying that I'm no slick Rick personally, because I don't. I'm just saying I used to see him every fucking day walking up the block. But I know Trevor, his cousin, and his other cousin Cameo very well, and his sister used to go to junior high school with me. So those so I know very well. Let me ask well. you a question. So now let me ask you a question about that. You said he used to, uh, he, he, he had the truck jewels back then, right? Mm-hmm. And so he wasn't scared of the Zulu nation running up on him? No, 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 no. Zulu, Zulu wasn't doing that shit. Zulu... This is in the eighties. That Zulu shit died down okay. since then. I'm gotcha, talking about when Zulu gotcha. first came out, they, they was known for sticking niggas up. Now gotcha. I'm not sure I don't know how true the story is, and so I don't want to spread the rumor. I'm gonna tell you the story that I heard, and I'm not saying it's true, and I'm not saying it's true, because I don't want no niggas rolling up on me. Because niggas don't forget gotcha. shit and niggas take shit personally. But I know there was a couple of brothers that used to run around that area of the Bronx, on the especially on the west side of the Bronx. The west side is just infamous. And you know, I've been on the west side of the Bronx my whole life. Yeah. Um, called the L Brothers. They was known for robbing a lot of niggas. So I don't know. I don't know if they ever ran up on him. But I used to hear different stories about them going after celebrities at the time. Like because where I lived at Fordham Road was a popular shopping area. It, it'd be the equivalent to uh, the Alvey Square Mall out in Brooklyn or down in Queen in Jamaica where they had the Jamaica uh, 
Jamaica market where everybody goes shopping stuff. So uh, Ford Mo was equivalent to that. But I've heard uh, I've heard some stick-up kid stories about Slick Rick, but I don't know if it was true or not, so I don't want to elaborate something. I don't know. But I know Gosh. one thing, that nigga was always dope. Like, there ain't no facade. That wasn't for no music shit. That's how that nigga really looked every day. Till this day, he still dresses the same way. Yeah, yeah. He be having them. And what's the point? what kind I, of sneakers them have. But another fun fact. The very building he used to live in, we used to have the pizza shop we used to go to. He owns that building. So yeah, just that's get, what I heard. He so, owns he owns the, the joint. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, so just giving people what he did good things with his money. Being a landlord in New York City is a very profitable business. <laughs> and he was doing it before gentrification. Exactly. So I, now he's getting He's it. taking. With that and yeah. doing the old school tours, he, he ain't got to worry about eating for the rest of his life. But um, right. that's about it. And then um, who, else, who else grew up around my way? That that was famous. Yeah, because that was that was that was that was right there. That was the topic too, like the 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 Larry story and the um, oh, upbringing and shit. Me and Tracy, Tracy Morgan, been friends forever. Went to school and everything together. Tracy was from around my way. Um, it's a whole bunch of people, man. But the the biggest thing, Paradise, was probably the biggest influence on me. As a matter of fact, he's got a book out. If you go on Amazon, uh, it's called like the Land Quarters or Understanding Hip Hop or something. Because it's crazy. Because he made a hell of a transformation. Like, he was real, like, in the party scene. Because he, he originally started working for Rolling Stones back in 83. Then he became a publicist for Run DMC, which a lot of people don't when know. When you say Rolling Stones. The, the magazine. magazine. Gotcha. And then, because um, he was a hell of a, the kid was smart as fuck. He went to, like, one of the smartest schools, uh, private schools in New York. Got a full scholarship there. Uh, uh, so then he started running for Run DMC. And then next year, you know, he's in Land Corps. So I went in the Marine Corps. I get out of the Marine Corps. And he's like, yo, you know, Tugboat, because he moved to Brooklyn since then. It's like, I don't know how he ran into me, but somebody ran into me. And he's like, yo, you know, Tugboat's down at Wilson Water. So they gave me his, his, his phone number. So I said, yo, Dice, what's up, baby? He's like, yo, where you been at? I heard you joined the Marine Corps. I'm like, yeah. He's like, come on down to the club tonight. So me and Ant, all of us, we went down there, man, lost our fucking minds. And here's a funny thing. This is another true story. Can't make this shit up. So we go there. Place is fucking packed. He's like, yo, I got these dudes from around my way, man. You know what I'm saying? Um, they rocking right now. I'm, I'm gonna let you. Uh, I'm gonna let you hear them. So I said, alright. So a motherfucking goes out there, like ladies and gentlemen, all the way from Brooklyn, the audio too. So they play milk. Crazy. Boom. So I'm saying to myself, son, this is the wackest shit I've ever fucking heard. Ever <laughs> wackest shit I've ever heard. Can't make this shit up. Wackest shit I've ever fucking heard. So because it was so simple. Yeah, you, that's what it was. Yeah, it was. It was just, I was like, and I said, yo, everybody's just looking crazy. Like everybody's just looking at a nigga like they in a fishbowl. So I leave and come back about two months later, and Ant was like, yo, you ain't going to believe that shit. Remember them niggas we seen in Latin Quarters? I was like, yeah. Um, he just played the radio. He said that shit everywhere he went. Audio too good. I said, oh, shit. I could, like, I, it just it just behooved me. Another true story. Paradise went to school with Scott LaRock. So this was crazy. We was DJing, and we was out in Brooklyn. He said, yo, he said, I, went, I went to school with this nigga named Scott. Uh, junior high school, we all went to the same junior high school, 145 in the South Bronx. So I said, uh, uh, he said, yo, he, he gave me this record called South Bronx. And he's like, yo, he said, be careful playing it. Be careful playing it, because you know you're out here in Brooklyn, and niggas just touch you about that shit. So I never heard this shit, but he told me to put it on. I put it on, and ang, ang, this is the first time I ever heard this shit. This was 1986. Ang, ang, da 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 What the fuck is this? And all I heard was the hook that, the South Bronx, I'm going crazy. Cause we was a bunch of like six Bronx niggas out in Brooklyn doing a party, you know it wasn't gonna go over too well. Mm. But I remember that shit just like you I remember survived that night. Shit. Yeah, yeah, I remember <laughs> the, when the Bridges Over shit came out. That's when I first seen Karis One when the Bridges was over. We was uh, in front of my house up on Burnside, and a nigga pulled up in a van to go get some Chinese food. Crazy. Yeah, so that's I'm, what I'm saying. You're st- yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm telling you, yeah, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, right. I'm like Charlie Murphy before Charlie Murphy. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Your stories are fucking incredible. The one shit, um, another story, kind of moving a little forward, getting out of the 80s, a little bit into the 90s. How in the fuck did you go on tour with Onyx? Oh, that, that's that's an easy story. That's and and another thing too. Why the fuck was you dyeing your hair red before Takashi? Like, <laughs> oh, what the fuck was okay. that all about? Well, let me let, let me take. Is me that take, two separate stories? Is yeah, let me let me stories? let me take step okay. one. I'm going to go with one first with the red hair. Okay, the whole concept of the red hair was 
I, I'm now it's the nineties. It's, it's early ninety five. I'm trying to find a way to make some money. Um, well, it had to be a little bit before night. Well, mm. yeah, it was, it was around ninety five. Which album? Which album? The um the album with Last Days or the uh, Back the Fuck Out? Oh no 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 no! no. I'm just I'm saying it's all gonna tie into the Onyx situation. Oh okay. So yeah. I gotta go all the way back to the beginning of ninety five. So you know I'm out here. Um, I'm in Harrisburg full time. I'm living here, living here. So I don't want to name names. I'm gonna just say certain areas. If you're from Harrisburg, you know what I'm talking about because I don't know what the situation is. So I don't want to get nobody in trouble, myself included. Let's say I had a cousin out here. I'm saying, let's say I have a cousin out here. So my cousin was out here doing his thing. Remember, this is the 90s when crack was at an all-time high. So and I'm trying to the tell niggas in Harrisburg wasn't too fond of New York niggas. To yeah, exactly. So I'm telling them, I'm saying, yo, man, it's kind of hard to explain that you're only 18, 19 years old and you got four fucking cars. It's very hard to explain that. I said, won't you lend me some money and I'll be right back. So these dudes out in Lancaster, one name true. I know exactly who. Never mind. One name true. You keep names anonymous. Yeah, one name one. One name true. I'm just using that as a, as a euphemism. And one name blue. That's all. They was doing a show in 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 York, Pennsylvania. So I said, Hey, do you think I could get a piece of the show? He's like, Nah, you can't get a piece of it. But we'll let you help us promote it, and we'll pay you a promotion fee. I said, That's good enough. So I did it. First show was KRS One. As, you know, already had the Bronx affiliation, already had some, some connect. Didn't know KRS personally, once again, didn't know him personally, but I knew people and his crew and his entourage very well. So show went off spectacularly. So now I got the people in Hashburg just getting a couple, $2. They're like, yo, you're the nigga that did the so-and-so. So yeah, kind of. Next you know, I'm involved in another show. And this show happens to be with one of the greatest rappers ever to fucking grace this earth with Biggie Smalls, which is in Hashburg. So I got my name put out for that. And then everybody sees the funny shit is one day a little, I'm still, I'm still going to get to the, the redhead shit. But one day I'm, I'm in the mall. See a little squally, holler at squally, squally shoots me the fuck down. Don't give me no time of day. Two weeks later, I'm walking with Biggie. The same fucking squally walks up to me. Oh, what's up, Abdullah? Kick rocks, bitch. The fuck out of here. You ain't have time for me two weeks ago, right? <laughs> so she see me with Biggie. Now everybody's a fan. So we hang out with Biggie all night, take Biggie to the club. And I'm going to tell you a story about this. This is how the redhead shit come about. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm real a, quick before you get to that, though. Mm-hmm. This show that you're talking about, you're talking about the forum show when it was Biggie and Mob Deep was opening up for them. That is correct. It was opening up for Biggie. Yes, sir. Got it. Because I still remember that Smitty still puts that flyer up till this day. Yeah. And the funny shit about it, me and Havoc came real quick. This is what I'm telling you. Everything candles t- in. Yeah. While we at the show, we sitting down. We in the locker rooms. We in the uh, dressing rooms and all that. So I'm talking to Mob and them. I said, damn, was it three of y'all? He's like, yeah, man, other niggas, you know, we ain't fucking with him no more. This, 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 and that. And um, and so I'm talking to Mob. I said, hold on. I said, I met you before, son. He's like, where you met me? I said, at the record show. He's like, oh, shit. You was at the Roosevelt. I'm like, yeah, Roosevelt. Everybody know the Roosevelt was a big place. This is back then when producers was actually looking for the original records. So I met him there. So me and him got real cool and tight. Well, let's fast forward. So I made Mob deep back onto the biggest shit, the old party. Now this is where it, this is where my hustling skills came in. I know I wasn't really gonna make a lot of money off of the Biggie show, if any, because again they hired me more as a promoter, and they would pay me to promote. There were some cats out of Philly that was affiliated with uh, Rashid Wallace, so they said they'll give me a thousand dollars. So that's cool compared to the probably the fucking hundred thousand they were gonna make. But it was cool, you know. Beggars can't be choosy. At the time, I didn't have no job or nothing anyway. But where I where I swindled my way in. There was a, a young man and his wife that had a couple of dollars because they won the lottery. Bullshit, you not. Can't make this shit up. They won the lottery out here in Hasbro. So I convinced them, along with Todd Davis, let's throw the after party for Biggie. So I said, they're going to want some money. It's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. They're going to want some money to come to your party. But if I could get you that, we could advertise saying the official Biggie after party. That alone is going to probably make more money than the show. So they was like, yeah. So I talked to the promoters. They're like, yo, we want twenty thousand. Nigga, you ain't getting no fucking twenty thousand. We just throw, we just throw a regular after party. We ain't gotta say shit. They are gonna come anyway because ain't nothing else to do. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So I convinced, I convinced Biggie. Uh, I talked to Hawk and them guys, and Biggie was like, yeah. So I'm just make sure they take care of me. So we got Biggie twenty five hundred, and my V just came on the strength. So Biggie got twenty five hundred to come to the party. I personally drove Biggie to the party. Niggas went bananas. You know what I'm saying? And this is what I'm saying. I didn't have a dollar involved in nothing. 
So I gave Biggie the twenty five hundred. They paid me another. They paid me fifteen hundred for bringing Biggie, because I actually told Biggie. I told them Biggie needed four thousand. I kept the fifteen hundred for myself and gave Biggie the twenty five hundred. And then they paid me a portion of the door, because of me bringing all the people to the party. So for me not spending the nickel, I made over five thousand dollars that night. So that's oh, when I, I said, was like, and that's when I said, yo, I think I'm kind of good at this shit. Yeah. So then that's when my man Break was like, yo, fuck doing it for everybody else. Let's do it for ourselves. I said, well, Break, we need some money. He said, I got somebody with some money. So he got an investor. And then that's when I actually threw my first own official show, which was the Craig Mack show. We had Craig Mack. We had... Uh, Smith & Wesson? Yeah, Smith. Is no. that that one? No, no. Was, this one was after that. We had Craig okay. Mack and Ill and Al Scratch and I believe somebody else. I can't remember offhand. But all the three niggas that was hot right now, you know, Craig Mack has flavor in your ear, Ill and Al Scratch, where my homies and all that shit. So we was, yep. we was good. That show didn't go too well. The show went fantastic. The show went fantastic. When it came time for me to get money, the dudes was talking that crazy shit. Oh, fuck that. I'm barely breaking even. Fuck that. I already paid y'all this. I'm like, nah. I said, yo, break. These niggas might be your cousins, but they don't know me too well. I said, we about to have a fucking misunderstanding. So we was all down at Day Hilton, and the niggas was talking that New York shit. And I go, fuck. I was like, all right, man. I ain't going to do too much talking. I'm just about to. So and now here's where the Havoc story comes back into place. I got my man, Elias, the DJ. Who everybody knows him from being with Nas and Mob Deep. Yep. So he brings the, twi- the infamous yeah. life's a bitch. Yeah, he bring he he brings the, the the twins down and all them Queensbridge niggas. So the first thing happened, he goes, "What's up, ah?" So man, these niggas act the funny one money. Hey, go the twins, QB niggas on 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 deck. Uh, nigga ain't gonna act funny with your money, nigga. Come on, where they at? Oh, we was about to have a big misunderstanding. And also, <laughs> I had my man Gene Nelson, who was Puffy's right hand man at the time. Gene Nelson, if y'all don't know, was the He's uh, the reason why Cameron is where he at. He managed Cameron on the first album. And he managed uh, mm. Big L, rest in peace, also on the first album. He was one of the managers. This was before Dame Dash was even known. Gene Nelson was the formulator of that whole organization. And Gene Nelson is still in the music business to this day. Funniest guy you'll ever meet. Um, so he's like, nah, you're going to get your money. Luckily, everything, we all talked as men. I didn't get what I deserved, but I got something. So yeah. then after that, that's when I said, no more talking to other people we're gonna do this shit ourselves so i remember a long time ago reading and watching the movie don king and the man said when don king did to say don king why you wear your hair like that and he gives the whole story how he went to see god and god blessed him and all this and that actually his partner was the one that said now nah, do something fucked up with your hair do something different with the hair because they're going to always remember the hair mm. if they don't know you they will always remember your hair so that's when i had the little afro when i dyed my shit fucking blood red so they, a lot of people never remembered my name but he used to say the nigga from New York with the red afro and that's why I dyed my hair red shit and who, who'd you get to dye it for you you just did it yourself oh, no, I got some chick I don't want to name her name because after that I yeah, definitely yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Leave that alone. But, but you um, said you said you remembered Havoc though. Quick little sidebar: you remembered Havoc from from the record, the Roosevelt, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, the, you, g- going back a little bit, I, I yeah. How a, did you get into the digging? And how did yeah? Again, I got to get that to the city of Harrisburg. I'm not going to take no props. Y'all had a gentleman named John Ragsdale here in Harrisburg. He's still here to this day. Probably one of the first artists out of Harrisburg. Another dude had extensive record collection. So when I'm sitting there talking to him one time. By accident. I don't know how we met. I don't know if it was Smitty that introduced me to him, but somehow we met. And Shout we out to talking. DJ Smitty, Harrisburg legend. And we was talking to him, and he was like, damn, you know a lot about these records. I knew a lot about breakbeats. Because, again, being a DJ from the Bronx, so I know about all the breakbeats. But then he started playing other shit. I'm like, damn, what the fuck is that? What the fuck is that? So then he introduced me to his brother, the world's famous Phil Most, the soul man. So he really knew about records. This nigga had about 10,000 records himself. And then he used to say, yo, man, I'm going up to New York to sell some records. I don't really know New York like that. He's from Philly. Could you come with me? I said, all right, no problem. And that's how my whole life literally changed. Because I go to the Roosevelt mm. and I meet everybody. I met Jay Diller. I met Q-Tip. I met Buck. I met Diamond D. I met Show, Pete Rock, Kid Capri. If you were the producer at that time, Slam Remy, fucking one of my closest uh, people that I ever met was Big Prince from... Um, um, uh, Prince B from uh, uh, what's the name of the group? Uh, PM Dawn. He was a whale. That, that motherfucker pretty much <laughs> paid my rent for like two months. You know what I'm saying? With all the records you used to buy. Uh, Boston Bob, all these guys in the Roosevelt. If you go to that documentary, uh, the 
that's on Netflix right now about hip hop. Yeah. They, they got a section on there in the Roosevelt. You will, you're gonna see my head in the back. Like that's when I had braids still, I think. Or I don't know you're if I had about the, the hip hop history joint that's on Netflix. Yeah, you go, you gonna see they got a section on the Roosevelt in there, and you can see my man Phil, and I think I'm standing right next to him. But you definitely see Buck, and that's how me and Buck got tight. I knew Buck since 1994. That's yeah. how me and Buck got tight. So. Yeah. So one thing led to another. So that's where I knew from, and that's how I met Fedro. I met Fedro, and I sold him the record that they used to make Last Days. It was the fucking, um, it was the Bob James Earl Cool record, and that's what they used to sample Last Days. And the thing about that, again, long story. You ain't think nothing of it. I came home and told my cousin, I'm like, "Yo, man, I just met them niggas from Onyx and shit." So you know, we laughed mm-hmm. about it. Nothing happened. So. Moving forward, that's when we, after that, I'm getting pretty good at this promotion shit. So now we bring out Red Man, Smith & Weston. Like, every month we had a show. Every month we was doing mm-hmm. something. So now my name is getting, yeah, my name is getting popular. Not only in Harrisburg, but in New York. So now I got niggas calling me. Like, my cousin used to bug out. He was like, yo, nigga, this nigga Buster Rhymes called here looking for you. Yo, nigga, these niggas are honest niggas calling. I was like, what? He used to call me all the way back down here. Like, yo, these niggas calling for you, man. So I said, all right, I'm going back to New York. Because now my name is out there because I met a gentleman named Don Francois who worked for Jam Master Jay and Russell Simmons. So, me and Don... Get, again? Don Francois? Yep, Donald Francois. Oh, my God. Uh, Why am I thinking of Francois Talor off Ocean's... Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's, uh, he's, uh, he's out of Jamaica, Queens. So, again, again with him, and then he goes... Uh, so, I do a couple things with him. So, then he, he does... Uh, Onyx came, so we booked the show. First, I did... I got to talk about this one. We did a Wu-Tang show. Probably the best show that I ever oh, did in my life. There we go. To this that, day. I was going to ask you about that. That was on my list. The and Wu-Tang the reason why I'm going to tell you all this, the Wu-Tang show is probably the best one, not because Wu-Tang came from a financial investment. The yeah. whole thing started, me and my investor drove up to New York. We had a partner here. I'll say his name. His name is Juice. He, he, he was out here doing his thing. So, you know, like typical New York niggas, we always say we know everybody. And everybody goes, yeah, all y'all New York yeah. niggas say that. So this nigga said, nah, nigga, I'm from Staten Island. Him and his man, Big D. So I knew Big D. Big D was getting $2 out here. He's like, nah, nigga, I'm telling you, we know all these niggas. I'm like, all right, man, I'm trying to do a show. What's up? So I'll be taking you right to that nigga house. All right, whatever. I'll never forget. It was a Saturday morning. We drove up early. Went all across the motherfucking trap, uh, the Verrazano's Bridge and all that shit. We in Staten Island. This nigga rings this nigga doorbell. I'm sitting out there like this. All right, man, who the fuck this nigga going to see? Door opens up. Who the fuck did I see but Tony motherfucking Starks himself. My eyes open up. My investor eyes open up. We like, oh, shit. <laughs> I said, Mind you, now, all right, you said Ghostface, and you knew who he was and everything. So this is... Oh, it was already known. Yeah, it was already known now. Yeah, this all right, is, so, purple tape was so out now. 36... Oh, purple tape. All right, purple tape. Yeah, so they already know. I wanted they, to they give it a timestamp, like the era, the era. So this is yeah. purple tape. Gotcha. It's 95. Yeah, this is like 95. So Glaciers of Ice, Glaciers yep. of Ice is out. Is, is it before shit. after ice cream? Yep, this is... Before this, ice cream or around... No, this is during ice cream time. This is when the purple tape came right. out. So yeah, they gotcha. still... Yeah. So um, so he's like, yo, where that nigga Ray at? He's like, oh, Ray so-so. He's like, all right, just give me an hour so I'll meet up. Boom. Next, you know, we at the Wu store. Here come Raekwon. I said, oh, shit. This nigga really don't know all these niggas. Yo, this is my man, I, blah, blah, blah. And like, boom, boom. So I pull Ray to the side. I said, yo, we trying to do a show, man, blah, blah, blah. He's like, uh, yeah. He said, for the fact that you're my man, Juices, man, you know, we do this off the books, man. You know, just bless me with two stacks. Matter of fact, just bless me with 1,500 because we're going to be in that area anyway. Yes, yes, you heard me right. 1,500. For Ghost and Ray. No, 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 no. Just for Ray. Just for so, Ray. So gotcha. just for Ray. So we said, all right, cool. So I met Method Man. I mean, everybody. We met everybody but the just right? And and Old Dirty was living in Hasburg at the time, so I already knew Old Dirty. So I talked to him. So That's a whole so, other story, too. So, yeah, we'll so, we, so, so, yeah. We, so we talked. So we talked. I talked to Method. Yo, man, I'm doing this show down in PA, blah, blah, blah. Nah, nah, Paul, I ain't going to be able to make it. Talk to Genius. I mean, to uh, Inspector Deck. Nah, I ain't going to be able to make it. Talk to Genius. I ain't going to be able to make it. All of them. You guys, I ain't going to be able to make it. We got other obligations that night. So my man Drew said, well, I'm going to make some money off of this, too. I'm going to get a bus trip. I'm going to bring niggas from Staten Island down there. And I said, that's a dope-ass idea. So he rented three buses. Yeah. And they loaded that shit up. And he gave niggas the opportunity to leave New York. Cause some niggas never left New York in their life. So yeah. I'm like this. So we promoted Raekwon, Raekwon, Raekwon. If you would notice at the fly, we never said Wu-Tang. We said Raekwon. Raekwon the chef. 
I'm trying to remember because I was in I was in I was a senior in high school yeah. when that show. Yeah, was we definitely introduced it. So we said, mad yeah. I didn't make that shit. We said Raekwon the Chef. We not one time put Wu Tang on it. We said of Wu Tang Clan, Raekwon the Chef, and we put the purple tape and uh, incarcerated scar faces and all that shit. Yeah. Next, you know, I'm looking at the bus. I'm like this. I'm like, damn, the line is around the corner. I said, we upcharging. First, we were saying $20 a ticket. Next, you know, we we way up to $50, $55 a ticket. We said, fuck it. We're going to make some money tonight. And we did. I'm looking. I said, yo, I know I'm tired, but is that Method Man coming off the bus? Is that Ghostface coming off the bus? Is that expected that come? Yo, we had, of the nine Wu-Tang members, we had eight. The only one that wasn't there was what, you guard? Cause he was no, there? Old Dirty Bastard. Oh, because he was offended right. that we ain't asked him first. Oh, because he's in, he was already living in Hasbro. Yeah, so he was offended that we didn't ask him first. So he didn't show up. Niggas mm-hmm. right around the corner on McClay. But anyway, so I go, damn man, that's good looking, good looking. He's like, yeah, it ain't nothing. I see you gonna get up on the mic. So like, nah, nah, we definitely ain't doing that. That ain't happening. So I said, fuck it, just y'all being is good enough. And then you know so, I hear the so fucking. So basically, they said, hold up, hold up. So let me get this straight. They get off the bus though. All eight out of the nine members is there. But they say, oh, we're not performing, though, because you only paid Ray. Correct. And they just, they just gotcha. did for support because they had to go. They were going to go doing another show in Ohio anyway. So they were already in the same area. So gotcha. it was just like, we're here for support, but we're not doing nothing. All okay. Right. Me and Sustay, that shit went the fuck <laughs> out the window. Before I know it, all I have... And all the niggas, all the niggas had mics in their hands. So, dum 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 Niggas went yep. berserk. Yeah, I'll probably the happiest moment I've ever been as a person. As well, I try not to be starstruck, which I never am, but it, I couldn't hold it in that day because I was like, yo, for $1,500, I did all this shit? $1,500? I got the entire Wu Tang Clan and a sold out show? Sold out! And name the club, name the club. For, it was for Club Met. Heads in Harrisburg. Club Met. Right on Camera Street. Big shout out to my man Barney and OJ for hooking me up with the club that night. Sold out. Crazy. Sold out. Probably one of the big. I talk about that more than I talk about anything. That's probably my biggest accomplishment as a promoter. So then after that, they coming in. Uh, Dives oh. Effects, Dougie, constant shows. So then we do a okay. Christmas show, and Onyx was the headliner. So then Onyx is the headliner. So I'm, when they get off the bus, Freddie go, yeah, I know this dude. I said, what's up, man? Yeah, man, you ain't told me you live out here? I said, yeah, yeah, I, I'm back and forth. Oh, man, yo, and then he's like, yo, Sticky, you remember him? He's like, nah. That's the nigga that sold us the record for last days. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He looked familiar. What's up? I said, man, why you tell us that? And Don was like, you know these guys? I said, nah, I met him at the record show. He said, oh, you the nigga that be talking about selling records. I'm like, yeah. Oh, okay. And it was just full circle. So we do the show. The show went off spectacularly. Everybody loves Don. After that, I get a call from Don. Yo, man, these niggas Freddie want you to now, meet them. who's Don? Don, who's Don, Don Francois. So he, gotcha. he was in charge Don of they, their touring and all that. So, yo, man, gotcha. these niggas want you to... uh. Meet them up in uh, Pittsburgh. I'm like, what? So I'm like, all right. I get up there. I went from Pittsburgh. Next you know, I'm with Onyx for like the next six months, man. All up and down the East Coast. So then I finally hey. get to meet Jam Master J. This, now, this is a funny story. All right. Hold on. Now, you say you're on a roll with Onyx this whole time for the next six months. What were you doing for them? Just getting the hype man? No. I was doing everything, man. I was, I was like the, the oldest intern. I'm a 30-year-old intern at this time. I'm fucking setting up the radio, radio uh, promo, radio uh, meet, uh, interviews, uh, meeting greets at the uh, whatever. Back then, we still had record stores. Meeting greets at record stores, uh, signing, uh, like you know how you go to shows now, the VIP mm-hmm. before stuff like that. That was my job, making sure meeting the greets and shit. Yeah, making sure the sound system was set up right. Talking to the sound man because again, I had a background as a DJ, making sure everything was right, testing the mics. For another prime example, we did a show in Shippensburg. I said, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll meet y'all there because I'm right down the block from Shippensburg University. Got some bad part of my French, and I don't mean to disrespect anybody, this is how I talk. Some bad bitches up there. Again, so I get up there early. I'm sitting down. I'm talking and shit. Girl, now, I'm so sure she got a big ass. I'm talking to her. She pays me no mind. I said, it's cool. Don't worry about it. She'll be talking to me later. So, this is Red Afro. No, no. This is, this is, I'm bald head now. Oh, oh I'm bald head. Yeah, straight hey, I'm, part, I'm part of these Queens niggas. So the head, the head, I got the bald head. I got the bald head with the beard. So I'm looking a little fierce. You know what I'm saying? Because the beard wasn't popular then. Yeah, pre, pre, pre. Yeah, pre, free weight. Yeah, correct. Pre, so, free weight and all that. So yep. I got the bald head with the beard. And, you know, I got a little bit of muscle on me. That's when I used to work out all the time. So uh, so, so I'm doing the mic check and all that. So then I grabbed the mic. And he was like, yo, 
It's like, they're like, Dula, set it off. I'm like, all right, yo, ladies and gentlemen, blah, 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 I have my black hood on. And everybody see him on stage, they're like, oh, shit, he's part of them. Now I show you want to talk to me. Shit is funny. It's, those are the funny stories to me. When chicks always want to talk yeah. to me when they realize oh, yeah. what I do. I'm like, yeah, I was cool. I didn't disrespect you. I was nice and polite. And, you know, that's how you treat me. But, um, <laughs> interesting story. So we do the Shippensburg, and so we go to Pittsburgh. Now, I haven't met Jam Master Jay yet. God bless the day. So we all rolling out to the fucking Coliseum where we're doing the show at. So all them niggas jumped in the bus, and them niggas crazy and say, yo, just ride with Jake. So I jump in Jay's, uh, his SUV. So he gets in the SUV, and he's like, yo, man, just go. He's like, you look around, yo, man, like, oh, who the fuck are you, nigga? And I was like, <laughs> literally, that's what he says to me. I'm like, I'm Abdullah. Who the fuck is Abdullah? I'm with Freddie and Don and them. Nigga, get the fuck out of my car, man. So then I get out of the car, right? Shit. So I get out the car, shit. So then I, I ride with Don. I said, Don, man, why y'all tell me to go with Jay, man? And them niggas, uh, niggas kick me out. I said, oh, man, who told you that? I said, Freddie. said, oh, them niggas set you up, niggas. Nobody rides with Jay, but Jay and his cousin and his brother. So Don, wow. so I rode with Don. So they said they're going to laugh about that shit later at the hotel. So, but you know me, I'm a typical Bronx nigga. So we go out. So, you know, Pittsburgh is a wild place. So we go out to Pittsburgh and shit. So niggas is like, yo, man, you got to be careful out here, man. Honest or not, these niggas will rob you. I said, oh, ain't no nigga robbing me. Cock, cock. It's like, oh, shit. Like, nigga, I go. I'm loaded wherever I go. Now I become bodyguard to all these niggas. Now Jay's even walking behind me because they know I'm tight. So I got my thing thing on me. So I'm walking in, you know, looking all like a goon and shit. So then after that, uh, I'm sitting down in the lobby talking to them. And then Jay, then I'm, I'm introduced to Jay formally through Freddie. And he said, yo, Jay, this is the nigga that gave us the record for the last stage. He said, oh, you the nigga that gave him that Bob James shit? I said, I ain't give it to him. I mean, yeah, we sold it to him. He said, yeah, they got some spots out here? I said, yeah, they really got some spots out here. I said, got a dude out here named White Boy Mike. I could take you there tomorrow. What's the chances of me and Jam Master Jay going record digging? Can't make this shit up, son. Crazy. Can't make this shit up. I still remember I'm the spot you. in Pittsburgh to this day. What I had to call White Mike's? Yeah, I had to call Phil because Phil's the one that told me. I called Phil and Phil told me where to go. So Phil, so 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 the credit the credit really goes to Phil to the soul man because I ain't know where the fuck White Mike was, but Phil told me. And I said, "Yo, man, this nigga Jay wants to look for some records." He yo, took him over to White Mike's and he gave me the address. Damn, and his name's Phil. Phil the Soul Man. Soul Man, yeah, you can go on his IG. Just go to Soul Man Phil Most, or you can go to Soul Man. You'll find him either. He wrote a couple articles on me too because he used to work. He used to work uh, at Rap Pages, so he used to put me in there. He calls me Abdullah the Old Schooler. So I got a couple of print. Print print interviews in a few of these magazines. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But um, that was the main one though. Yeah, that 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 Onyx story. Oh no! Before I forget, all right, another story. When you was on the road with Onyx, is this before or after the infamous Fat Joe Big Pun Lost Boys concert here? This is. There had to have been after. It's after because it was ninety six. Yes, and that's when I had to tell you, nigga, and that's when my man. Yeah, yep. I'm glad you brought that one up. That's right. the one because that's when I met Fat Joe for the first time, and I knew, and that was the first time I seen him in person because he he's like fucking six four with fucking green eyes and shit. Yo, like, and everybody and everybody thought Pun was his bodyguard. Everybody at Club Met thought Pun was his bodyguard, myself included. Word, myself included. But Joe brought Joe brought my man Remy with him, who he's, I know Remy from my graffiti. You know I'm a big graffiti head. So I said, Yo, what the fuck you doing out here? He's like, Yo, I'm a joke. You remember TAT? Fat Joe's little crew. Yeah. So all them TAT niggas came down. So I kept telling everybody, yo, I seen Remy and all the Puerto Rican niggas. I said, yo, these ain't these Puerto Rican niggas from up the block that y'all used to, because that's when the Puerto Ricans wasn't really hot out there like that. Yeah. I said, yep. these are some Bronx niggas. They will shut shit down. Man, fuck them niggas. All right. Don't say I ain't warning you niggas. I'm warning you. I'm telling you, I know these niggas. Now, now, did you have anything to do with that promotion or anything for that no. show? Big Al okay. did. That's all Big Al. That was all Big yeah. Al, even back then. Did yeah. you have the ponytail back then? Yes, Big Al always had a lot of hair. I've never seen Big okay. Al without hair. I think I was looking like okay. a Samoan. Um, looking like Bone Crusher. Yeah, <laughs> always. But what Big Al did was ask me to host it, because he know I was good at hosting, me and Break. He know we was good on getting the crowd hype, DJ. That's when. That's how oh, me and okay. her got so tight. you did have something to do with it, though. So you did. So you oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I was a host. I was a host that night. But I mean, as far as making any financial gain off it, I didn't make a nickel. Other than gotcha. I didn't get paid from Big Al. I was just happy that he allowed me to host the shit. You know what I'm saying? This is the, all right, we're going to get right back to that moment. Quick sidebar of how I met Fat Joe that night. It was them and the Lost Boys, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So I'm working at Holiday Inn at the time. I'm working in the restaurant and shit. I see this big old van pull up because you could see the uh, the drive up. 
And Fat Joe hops out. I was like, oh, shit. And, you know, and Macho walks out and hops out, too. And then whatever. So they check in or whatever. I see Big Pun. He just had the verse on Firewater. The I'm all about business and enterprise and advisor. He had that verse out. And he walks up. And you have to walk up these couple of steps to go into the bathroom. You know the Holiday Inn over there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, it used to be Holiday Inn. Holiday Inn no more. But so he walks over to that side. And mind you, this is like a Saturday night. They just checked in. So Pun walks over to the bathroom. You walk up and to the right. But you could see the like the entrance to the restaurant. I was standing right there. And um, we had this big ass prime rib shit that you could. It was like a prime rib buffet thing where you could they, like we cut it for you and shit. So you could see that if you walking up. So then I see Joey walk up. I was like, oh, shit. And I was like, be cool, be cool. So he walks up to me and it was like, yo, what up, man? Da-da-da. Give me dab, him and Macho. And I was like, God damn, you tall as fuck. <laughs> he just started laughing and shit. And then it was like, I was like, yo, 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 Dominicano, yo I'm, I'm one of, and he was like, oh, shit, you one of us. So then he gave me dap again. And then he was like, yo, what's up with this spot? The, the Met and shit. And I was like, man, I can't tell you much about it, man. I mean, I was still, I was just 18 and I, I ain't know nobody. I ain't know, you know what I mean? I was still shy and shit like that. So him and Macho, they both start asking me about it or whatever. And then he was like, what's that over there? So he sees the buffet shit and he he kind of like moves me into like so if anybody was looking from out the door to look at that big ass prime rib he moves me kind of in the in that way to like block it he was like yo do not let pun see that (laughs) i just started laughing though because he was just like do not let pun see that so then pun walks out the bathroom with his back to us and he just walked back down the steps that was the one and only time i i saw pun and i'm still regretting to this day that i didn't walk up to him and Say the I'm all about business and enterprise. I always wanted to say that to him, but well, he did it. He, 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 he did it for you at that yeah, fucking yeah. show because niggas I lost know. their fucking mind. That's what I'm saying. So then him and Joe, uh, then Macho and Joe, you know, I guess they went and did they check in shit, and I left like, wow, I met Fat Joe, and I seen Big Pun, and I still regret that I never said nothing. I I wanted to walk up to him and ask, tell him that I knew that rhyme because that was the only rhyme he really had out, but I didn't. I didn't say it, man. I'm, I'm still regretting that shit to this day. But tell me, all right, now go back to that night you hosting, and I want to see if you remember what you told me about that night, though. What, was the Puerto Rican niggas wild out and started shooting the shit up? Well, that left somebody laid out in the middle of the street. I remember somebody was laid out in the middle of Cameron Street. Yeah, because I told them, I kept no. telling them, I said, I told y'all niggas, these ain't these regular. Nah, oh, the I... original song that played at the beginning, the uh, you know, Bronx Keeps Creating It, that you jumped on Big Pun's back. Oh, yeah. And went crazy. <laughs> Jumped on yo. that nigga's back and went bananas. He was like, yo, 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 yo. And he's like, nah, nah, he's from the Bronx, too. I'm like, oh, he's like, and he started smiling, too. Because it's crazy. Yeah. Cause it it could have got ugly until my man Remy saved me on that one. Because, I mean, you know what? That's, that's like a Bronx national anthem. That's like a, that's like, yo, that's one of the fucking records that Fat Joe gets slept on. That's like one of the best records for me. I think, who the hell produced that? Was that LV that produced that? I got to talk to Buck. I don't know. No, I think I it is LV. I think LV produced that record. Because I think one thing did because one thing did one thing did the scratches on it. Uh, uh he died now. You remember the dude from um the executioner? Um Oh man. Oh, um 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 Rock Raider. Yeah, I think Rock Raider did the scratches on that, yep. That's what? why yeah, that's why the scratches are so clear on that shit. Crazy. Crazy. Oh shit, man, I forgot about oh, I forgot about the most important thing. Through all this shit that I was talking about. That's how I became good friends with fucking DJ Dummy. Because his brother was DJ LS, uh, uh, LS1, who was honestly DJ. And me and yeah. L got real tight. He said, you think I'm nice, you should meet my brother. And that's how me and Dummy's been together since 1995, too. Yeah. Dummy's a little ass dude. <laughs> yeah, Dummy's like a 40-year-old son, man. Look like he's 18 still. Dummy's yep, about 45, yep, yep. 46. You introduced me to him. Matter of yep. fact, what was it? The night uh, we went to go see the Roots in Common? Yep. The longest concert yep. in concert history. I will never do that again. Yeah. That yeah, shit was 19 hours long. You was tired, but that shit was good. He yep. got us in it, and that was the first time I seen the Roots live like that, and was, was Common was the opener, and he, him and Music Soul Child had a breakdance battle right in the middle yep. of the goddamn floor. All your Amen. listeners, that is the longest kind. I'll never do that shit again. It's a different All right, quick it's a side different. story. Whew, this is this is back when I was still thinking Dula was full of shit, and he was like, "Man, I know DJ Dummy. We in that shit." So we drive all the way to Philly, and we was and in. Little do you know, 
we get up to the door, and I'm thinking, oh, shit, we ain't going to get in this bitch. Then. I tell niggas that all the time, man. I tell niggas, I'm full of shit, but if you my man, I will tell you. If I, like, you say, yo, you know that nigga for real? Like, nah, I don't really know him like that. But if I know somebody, I'm telling you, nah, I know these niggas, son. We we in there. And I have not let him him rot yet. Not even like, yo, man, it's just like, I'll let you tell him the freeway story. Yeah, I'll let you well, I was a spectator at first. Yeah, I was a spectator at first, thinking like, yeah, New York niggas is full of shit. But I was a believer after a while, boy. And then, so we went to the Root Show. We get in there. This is the first time, and he must have done it way before it was popular. But Black Thought walks out on stage with a gigantic Louis Vuitton suitcase, drops yeah. that shit, goes from fucking 10.40 at night till about 1.55 in the morning, Rhyming his ass off, not losing breath, not motherfucking once. Oh no, you know you forget. Dula's yawning. Dula's yawning. Remember nigga had on that big daddy cane blazer. Who did? Who did? Black thought. Yeah. You know, we like, oh was, shit. We like, what the he fuck was he ahead got of on? It. I'm telling you, man. He was styling like on some other shit. Oh, he hold on, Johnny. Louis shit and all that. What? Oh, we forgot another thing. What else dummy got us into? And we're this. This is. This is public record. We neither one of us is lying on this one. He got us in that David Chappelle movie, the block party. Yep, yep. That's another one too. We go up there. He was like, "I'm telling you." He was like, "He gave us the address." Da da da. Let's go. Hop in the car, drive up to NY, two and a half, three hours, whatever. Drive into some unknown block in Brooklyn that none of us know. <laughs> and yeah, I don't know, we seeing all the buses. We seeing all the buses and trailers. I see Sway, and I was like, "Oh shit, he ain't as tall as he looked." But <laughs> we see Sway, we pass by all the trailers and shit, next thing you know, we there, and then slowly but surely, like at first they were just letting people in the back, so you were like kind of far from the stage, but as the night went on, you kept getting closer and closer, see a, a fucking young Kanye West, and we was a little bit far at that time, but my God. Yep, and that's when we like, because you, you said, you like, yo, that Kanye? That ain't Kanye, that's, oh shit, Johnny, that is Kanye. Then mm-hmm. they had on that polo blazer with the Jesus mm-hmm. piece and that brown t-shirt. Yo, and, and that guess Jesus piece was shiny as shit. Yeah, and here's the funny part. Then neither me, Johnny, nobody knew at the time. Remember who was standing next to him when none of us knew? Fucking John Legend. Yep. I was like, who like, like the nigga next to him? I said, that must be his manager. So I don't know. Fucking John so, Legend. No, we ain't know. It's fucking John Legend. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, the the stories, I mean, shit. Maki got stories for days, man. That's why I've, I've been rocking with this dude. For over twenty years, yes, my little brother. Yeah, just yeah, it's like, and and it's funny. Me and you had this conversation before too. How you was telling somebody, it was like, yeah, man, my fucking best friend is fucking ten years younger than me and shit. Yep, only like, fucking hey, that's man, that's it. My man. I got about five friends in this fucking place. Johnny's one of them. Another yeah. two are in New York. Another two somewhere else. And my son Ramadan. That's it. I keep the circle small. No doubt. No and doubt. And you know, we still uh, trying to. We still trying to. Uh, hold on, I got some more. I got. I said, yo, listen, I'm gonna tell them shit that you got. Now, let me tell you about Johnny meeting fucking terminology and all these guys. Johnny's the one to put me up on this whole West Side Gun and, and this Griselda shit, who I'm a fucking fanatically fan of right Man. now. I love them. Do, 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 do. Truth. <laughs> but he's, he's, <laughs> he's a hip-hop guy, along with Vinny, uh, Dre. It's, it's good to see hip-hop still in its essence being adored, hip-hop still being respected, hip-hop still being carried on. And I'm not knocking the fucking little weebies, whatever these niggas' names are. It's, it's a generation thing. I'm one of them old guys that respect the younger guys. Might not agree with it, but I do respect it because I know when we was coming up, Flash used to, you know what I'm saying, like Millie Mel would hate on KRS-One. KRS-One would hate on like a Nas. Nas would say, oh, this uh, this dude ain't, you know, that's the, that's that's music, yeah. period. But you can't, you can't, you know, uh, my, my hero in music is Quincy Jones. Quincy Jones said, man, you just got to adapt to the times, brother. We ain't saying you got to change, right. but you just have to adapt. Because Quincy exactly. Jones said Miles Davis hated. I mean, he told me Count Basie hated Miles Davis. Hated him. That ain't jazz music. He's making a mockery of this shit. And then uh, uh, Miles come out, you know what I'm saying? Oh, man, what the fuck is, is, is Herbie Hancock doing? And this, that. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it's the change of the guard. We just got to, you know, like to me, the biggest thing mm-hmm. in my, my deck right now, if, you know, if I don't play the old school 90s shit, is definitely Kendrick Lamar by far hands down. Probably the best nigga out, period, to me. And then these yep. Griselda niggas. But then there's a couple, yep. then you got my man Freddie Gibbs. I'm not going to get in that story, Johnny. We'll save that for another. We'll save, yeah. we, we'll save those, those, those stories I got forever. 
Yeah. As a matter of fact, and that was another time. That's when I gotta get Buck like, on the phone with when, when we do those stories. Buck's gotta be on the phone because it all happened when we was back in the studio in New York. So yeah, he gotta the get a true piece life that story. Everything. The true life story. The yeah, Freddie Gibbs, D twelve, arsonist. When you telling me you know Freddie Gibbs, and I was like, I'm telling him about this Indiana dude that's ill as shit with Red Spider production, and he was like, Yeah, I know him. And another one of those times, but I don't believe. Whatever, nigga, you full of shit. He like, you don't believe me? All right, give me a sec. Motherfucker rings the phone. Yo, Freddie, what up? Da da da. Yo, what up? Puts me on the phone with Freddie Gibbs, and I'm like, Holy shit! And he was sick, and his stomach was hurting. I was like. He was like he had got back from Dominican Republic and he ate some something over there and yep. he drank the water and I was like, damn, somebody should have schooled you. Like, yo, my nigga, you shouldn't have drank the water out there in DR. That shit will fuck your stomach up for a couple of days and you'll be alright. But I was like, this nigga put me on the phone with Freddie Gibbs. And well, this is when back when he just had the uh, the straight out of Indiana. Correct. I put and that. I put that shit on the um. I put that. Sh- matter of fact, you can see it on my Instagram story. And matter of fact. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say I'm gonna just give you a snippet of this story. But one of the stories, remember when I said to Don, guess what I did today? You remember you was like what? I said I talked to my man Freddie, but I introduced him to Coach K. The rest is history. We leave, we'll yep. save we'll save that one for that interview. Yep. yep and Johnny, yep. with his not remembering shit ass, that nigga's up there with me talking to Coach K and Johnny told me he don't remember. That was crazy, yeah. I didn't know who the fuck a Coach K was. It was a young Jeezy show. <laughs> and we sitting there polying and shit. And Doula's, you know, Doula's doing his managerial thing, but he always introduced me. That's why I always, I always love always. him. I always love him. He always introduced me. So it's just like, oh, yeah, it's Coach K. I was like, oh, hey, how you doing? I was like, little did we know. Little, yeah. I, I, ain't, I ain't know either. And Coach K still like me. Yeah, hey, Doula the Butcher. What's up, man? That's yeah, and that's what Jeezy was like. Jeezy like, I'm with y'all, remember? And we went to, and then fucking Rafiq tried to front of us at the club. I said, yo, man, I'm bringing Jeezy in them back. I don't give a fuck, man. They all go, oh, this nigga here. I see you every Friday at Jumon. Dragonfly. Yeah, day. I see you every Friday at Jumon. Now you want to play? Now you, now you want to get serious on me? I fuck seen him the other day. Shit, he said, what up? Yeah, but, my man. Yes, we gonna we up to an hour. We could we could go on for all. Man. Oh, but we, we ain't gonna go on that. Man. I'm about to feed these kids of mine single parent time. <laughs> But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah, we, 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 I, I'm gonna join it. Like, uh, I want to do a podcast called Hip Hop with conjunction of Dominican Johnny. I'm gonna give with him <laughs> so we can probably do that once a month. And all I want is questions. Have y'all questions ready so we can have it like a Q and A. And I'm gonna try. I'm not. I'm not promising, but we'll try to have some nice guests on there so you can ask these guys these questions personally. Yep, yep. Uh, that's why. And this, I think we could wrap up right now with uh, episode the Aki episode part one. Part one. For right now, the uh, the What's up, thinking podcast, and you still keep saying that I should change the name to Dominican Johnny, right? Dominican Johnny, man, because every time well, I introduce you at when Bucking the Court, y'all just seen your man Dominican Johnny. I just seen Dominican Johnny. It works, baby. So all you yeah. do, all you need to do is wear your Boston hat and wear your fucking big pocket jersey. And by the way, for all you listening, you know Johnny's only Dominican that doesn't know how to play baseball. I just want to throw that there out. He there he goes. There he goes. There you go. There you go. I'm going to have the... <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> oh, baseball fan. Uh, so you know I got to throw that shit out there. Yeah, that was one of the main things that he gave me the the weird look. When he was like, hold up, how you Dominican? You don't like baseball. He was like... Because at first, both of y'all, you and Marcus, was asking me, like, what's your squad and shit? That's yeah. like... To me, that's like a Harrisburg thing to ask somebody is about the sports first. Sports, man. And I was like, hey, I ain't into sports. And both of y'all like, what? What? Are you Dominican? What? Yeah, and then it was like, you don't like baseball? I was like, nah, you ain't falling into that stereotype. Yeah, Shit. I definitely, I mean, especially me, especially like niggas like Manny Ramirez and them crazy ass niggas. <laughs> but we're going to wrap this episode up. Dula got to feed his children. And yeah, we'll catch you. We're going to definitely get up with Dula at uh, a later date with a part two. And yeah, maybe have some people call in because I got it set up that way. Couple of uh, couple of jewels in there. And um, yeah. Everybody be safe. Everybody wash your hands. Everybody cover up and stay inside. Thank you. No doubt. All right, Doc. All right, baby. Man, I'll I'll call you. uh, I'll call you after this, all right? Okay. One. Yeah, that was the Aki episode part one. If you didn't like those stories or anything, then you just don't like hip hop and you should uh, stop listening and don't listen to my shit again. Bastard. 
<laughs> nah, but um, anyways, if you have any more questions from Doula, because that conversation went so well, I got a couple of ideas in the works. But um, if you ever have any questions for all the, so far, the first episode, I've had a, a whopping 25 people listen to it. Yeah, woo woo. Um, if you have any questions for Abdullah, you can find him on Instagram at abdulsalam.abdullah1968. So you figure that shit out. I ain't spelling out for y'all. Y'all should know the shit. Um, and uh, if you have any questions for me or tell me that you hate my voice, because I hate my voice on this. I'm congested as shit. Um, I could be reached on Instagram at uh, Dominicano717. And shout out to my uh, cousin uh, Giancarlos. He um, he just made me some new artwork, which I'm going to probably upload right, right now. So this has been another episode, though, of the Don't Overthink It podcast, the Aki episode part one. Hope you enjoyed it. Peace.